This is your Frederick Real Estate Update, a conversation about the regional real estate market with tips for buyers and sellers. Your hosts, REMAX Results, Darren Ahern, and Presidential Bank Mortgages, Terry Kernan. Hey, folks, welcome back to your Frederick Real Estate Update. I am Darren Ahern from REMAX Results, bringing you over 20 years' experience with all of you awesome buyers and sellers in the Maryland and PA region. I had somebody once again just ask me, how far up inside of PA do you go? And um, I'm actually, I uh, don't go past Harrisburg. I'm actually helping somebody right now in Carlisle. That is about the farthest I pretty much go in uh, Mechanicsburg and all the way over to Ski Wisp and then a little bit towards over Warfordsburg and uh, into Fulton County and here heading towards a little bit of Breezewood. Um, much past there, had somebody want me to sell a farm way up in there on the other side of Turnpike, and I just don't know that area well enough and everything. So we kind of say in our area of expertise, I do a little bit out in Western Maryland. And as far as going towards D.C., um, basically, um, you know, PG County and stuff like that, very few places, everything south and all that stuff. It's a whole different ballgame. I'll go down to Annapolis. I lived there. I was in Owens Mills for many years, and so I know the area well and have helped many friends that I remember from down there and such like that. And then as far as the Eastern Shore and West and Eastern Maryland and some of those places, I have good friends and colleagues that take care of that, so we kind of stay in our backyard. So basically Frederick, Washington County, Carroll, um, you know, Howard, all that kind of stuff, a little bit of Baltimore and stuff like that. Baltimore City, absolutely not. There's a lot of ground rent. That is crazy down there. Another different world. I have a good friend that does all my stuff down there and helps me with clients and such like that. So just wanted to make that to be very known. I do have good team members that help in West Virginia. I do get a lot of people ask me, do you go over to West Virginia? I do not personally. I don't hold a Virginia or West Virginia license, but I have colleagues that that is their backyard and uh, let them help over there. So good tuning in. I'm missing my wingman, as some of you guys know, Terry Kernan from Presidential Bank Mortgage, man with all the money. Um, he is hopefully any minute going to call in here this morning and give us a little bit of an update and all that good stuff. So, But I'm flying solo. Got a lot of good stuff for you today. Hey, just like last week, if you listened in and you heard me, I'm going to be giving away the $100 gift card today. Whoever calls in, get ready to do this now. You can do it. It's uh, my, my contest was whoever can tell me within 10 up or down how much inventory right now in Frederick County, how many homes for sale on the market currently. You have until 1128 to call in and let me know that number. So I'm not going to do our inventory to give that away. Um, $100 gift card to Starbucks, Dunkin' Donuts, Home Depot, restaurant, whatever it is that you prefer. We're going to go ahead and take care of you on that and just say thanks for tuning in. So here is the number, 301-694-9363. You can't text it or do my Facebook Live and all that stuff like that and put it in there. I'm not going to see it. I'm not going to get it. I'm going to go blah, 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 blah. So we got to have our producer hand John over to me, and I want to talk to you and, and, and – um, and get your ideas and questions about the market and all that stuff, too. Plus, it's open for questions today. Covered a lot of good data and things for you. That's very important because, as you know, I've told you guys time and time again, this is like day trading. The real estate market is fast, fast moving. So 301-694-9363. We're going to give away a $100 gift card today by the end of the program. How many homes for sale total in Frederick County? is for sale. We're going to see who can get to pretty closest on this thing here. So, and if you don't win this week, I got next week for you too. So, oh, I got a surprise next week. My broker, who is Sandy Olson, who's an awesome, our owner broker of REMAX Results in Frederick here that I've been with for 10 years, is going to join us next week. And she's going to be our special guest talking about her perspective of real estate from the broker's point of view of being, you know, helping all of us uh, agents and all that for many, 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 many years. I know she's been in the business 
as well, uh, nearly 20 years plus as well. So she's got a lot of good stuff to share, and it would be fun to interview her and stick her in the hot seat, and she's excited about it. So it's always good to get views. We do with a lot of stuff. It's crazy. This week's been pretty wild. So, all right, one of the first things I want to start with is pre-home inspection. This is it. Top things that a seller must pay attention to before selling their home. I have said it over and over again. Um, uh, pre-home inspection is really, really important. Um, I know somebody might say, well, Darren, wait a minute. I, I just had a place in Middletown. We just got a above asking price offer with a little closing help. And they came in and the offer was no home inspection whatsoever. They waived it because my seller had done so much to the home and it was in great, great shape and they didn't want to have to fight with the competition, all that. So, yes, we are still seeing buyers come in with doing no home inspections, which is their choice. You know, it's one of those things you have a choice to do to make it stronger. And my seller was obviously very happy with that. And it's because they've gone through and they've with a fine tooth comb and made sure everything with their property checks out to be as best condition as possible. But I've, that's pretty unusual, but I've always said um, right now this kind of market, it definitely calls for doing a pre-home inspection. It's the best $450 a seller could ever do to be able to um, basically get ahead of the curve and make sure there's no surprises or issues that would cause a buyer to walk away. Because in this last eight months, boys and girls, we've had more buyers walk away over home inspection stuff than you know we've ever seen. So this week was really good, too. I had the big settlement in Sandy Springs, $703,000 it ended up at. Everybody wanted to know. Because we had so much interest, so many things, and we can't legally put it out there unless the seller tells us to. But yesterday, we settled on that property, and those guys are really excited because we had to deal with the failed septic and this and that. And I mean, it was like I told my sellers, I said, man, out of 700 of these, you made my top 10. How's that for you? And they were happy. So, yeah, no kidding. It was uh, a lot to work through, but this is where you gain experience and knowledge, and this is what I love about this business. So, all right, make sure you call in for the um, our prize today, $100 gift card, anywhere you'd like as preferred to 301-694-9363. So next big thing I want um, to talk about that's really important information is if you live – uh, in a property or considering buying a property that has a well and septic, typically it's not too common that we'll see a house like with a well as a water source in a, in a sewer installed for your, you know, septic, no septic, but it has a sewer system and then it has pub, no public water, but it has a well. And people are like, how does that happen? It is very rare. We do come across it sometimes here. Um and so with anything that has well water uh, involved and then in the opposite, having public water, but a septic, you know, we get that every so often too. So the opposites, not too much, but well water. Let's talk about well water. Um, if you've never lived on well water, the first thing people want to know is this is like um, I ask sellers, have you ever had an issue with your water supply? And they're like, well, what do you mean? Well, has it ever gone dry? We had a drop period in Maryland years ago. It was probably 15 years ago, if I remember right, where we had the worst drought practically ever. And it was like six months later. After the drought, all three to six months later, like everybody's well was going dry. They were like, uh-oh, we're out of water. What happened? And they were thinking it was their bladder tank or the well pump or this. No, it was just the aquifer dropped so low that their water source went below to where it couldn't be replenished naturally. And all of a sudden it was like 
there's no way to fix a pitcher hole another well. You got to go deeper into the aquifer, and then people are spending six, eight, ten, twelve thousand dollars plus to get a new well installed. I don't know who's out there listening. Remember those days, but that was not fun. We've not had that since then as a wide scale thing. But that is something that's really important is to know. Um, I personally, right away when I list a house and sell or help buy a house. We want to know right away how deep is the well, okay? First of all, the golden rule is it has to be the well and the septic need to be 100 feet from each other. That's pretty standard code. There are exceptions. I have a property that was grandfathered in that was like 75 or 80 feet away, and it raised like a red flag like, "Uh uh-oh, how'd this happen? And it was because the home was built in the 1940s, 50s, and such like that before all these rules came into effect. And, um, and it was just outside of the code guidelines, but it was still okay. It doesn't mean you have to get a new well installed necessarily, but it does cause uh, more potential of contaminating the, the um, septic of the well. So water yield test. Here's the thing. Whenever we, um, <coughs> excuse me, whenever we help someone to buy a house or sell a house, one of the things that determine is what's the water yield on that. And so for some buyers, they're really crazy about it. We can go in a house and run the faucets, flush the toilets, run the dishwasher, do all this activity at the exact same time, and then to see what's the water pressure. Now, the water pressure is completely different than the water source of yield. <clears throat> water source of yield, when we contact the health department and get a printout, it can say it's got two gallons a minute, one gallon, five gallons, 25 gallons a minute yield, whatever it is. That changes. Just because that was established at the time the well was created and installed doesn't mean that that yield is the exact same all the time. It does fluctuate a little bit, but not as much as you would think. It's not like it was first 25-gallon a minute, and now it's three gallons a minute. That is really, really, really rare. But I did help a buyer in uh, Newmarket about a year and a half or a year ago that the buyer wanted to do a water yield test. Even though the faucets and everything checked out fine, they were really concerned about it. And I said, no problem. It's about four to $500. It takes about two or three hours for them <clears throat> to come. And they do what is known as a water yield test to see how many gallons per minute. Now, this is what was tricky. The original report on the home in Mount Airy said five gallons a minute when it was built back in the like 70s or whatever it was. We did a water yield test, and it came back, and it was like 15 gallons a minute. And they were like, what the heck? How did this go higher? Like, how did the water yield go from 5 to 15? Why wouldn't it go, like, worse because it's an older water supply and all that? And I said, it has nothing to do with it. It has everything to do with the aquifer, the flow, the the depths. There's a lot of factors involved, plus... Plus, the other big factor is not only internally, but externally, the seller may have put in um, a a better well pump over time, a stronger one. They may have, um, and then their pipes could have gotten changed out in the house. That could have caused the flow water. But we do it at the wellhead, not in the house. That's the difference. And so external factors can increase your water, you know, pressures and things like that by the tank, like your pressure bladder tank, you can go ahead and, and um, have the uh, pressure upped a little bit. I have had properties where the water yield was fine, and a good water yield is two gallons per minute plus. And I've had some that were above that, but the actual flow of the water in the home and the faucets and everywhere was like not much at all. It wasn't even close to being like a public water supply flow. And all we had to do is figure out your pressure was low or you just had some restrictions or – the only other fix, I had one in Hagerstown one time. We just put a jet pump in. A jet pump basically cures all things because it establishes the pressure uh, to be to be higher 
and, and be able to control the water flow. So these are some of the things. Uh, Maryland Water Quality, Tom Kroon, I know he listens to the program well. He's been a past client of mine and his whole family. I've probably done seven or eight homes for these guys. He um, will come and test out your water and check it all out and tell you everything you need to know. That's who we do is get the professionals involved. So whenever you get your water tested, it is smart to have it tested. The reason why is we want to find out if there's bacteria, chloroform, lead, nitrate, all the different things, especially if you live near farmland. We want to be able to find out what's exactly in the water and if it needs treated, if it's um, been contaminated at all. So that cost is usually two to four or fifty dollars to have that done. We take it to like Catoctin Labs or all those kind of things like that um, to where they get tested out. One of the things that's a cure-all, be-all, great thing to have on a water system for a well. Always, always, always can't fail proof is what is known as a UV light. They're about $1,500 to $2,000, and that basically destroys everything, and it's really good at that point. Somebody says, well, how often should I get my water tested? You should do it. Basically, when you buy a home, you want to have a good idea, especially if the home's um, not been lived in. It's vacant. It's stagnant. That's when you get bacteria, chloroform, and a bunch of this other stuff to build up in the water supply. It definitely is probably going to need shocked and treated, which is not a hard fix. Nine out of ten times, it typically just takes Clorox. We put it down the wellhead, we pump it through the whole system, let it sit in the house for 24 hours, and then you run off the water, not in the house where it goes in the septic, but where we do it at a hose bib, and then we run it off for an hour, two hours, sometimes three or four, and then you do a retest and making sure there's, that it's clean at that point. So the big thing about a water test is the pH levels. If you're on a well, okay, um, if your pH level is seven or lower, that means it's acidic. That means it could like cause the fittings and all that to get brittle, cause leaks, and and it's just basically not good at all for your your hardware and pipes and all the other stuff involved. Um, there's ways to fix that, and the one thing I had done is you get PEX tanks, carbon tanks, softeners, and all those things that will lower your pH. And those those do need to be, and those systems can be pretty expensive. Um, they can be six, eight, ten thousand dollars, you name it. But it's water going into your house and your system and in your body, and there's no other substitute than that. You know, you want to be careful with that. So this is one of the big things I wanted to share today that is a tip about wells, how to maintain them. People ask, should I treat my water every year or not? No, it's probably okay. It's good to get it tested if you want every year, every two years. It's not a bad idea. People ask also, what contaminates a well? Well, Anything that gets inside of it, like, a uh, man, you get a mouse that dies, gets up inside there, squirrels, forget it. That will screw them up real fast. People, somebody recently asked me, we were looking at a house, and they said, well, how long does it take to know if there's a problem with your water source? You'll know it right away. <laughs> it's just that simple. You'll know it real fast. And then, uh, you know, earwigs, come in, a couple of these kind of things can definitely contaminate a well. But it's pretty simple, nine out of ten times to fix and remediate and get it back on track. And so that's what you need to know about wells and everything like that. So, all right, make sure you call in 301-694-9363, giving away a $100 gift card to whatever you would like here in the area or wherever you are to be able to uh, say thanks for tuning in and listening, 301-694-9363. So you got to tell us how many homes are for sale in Frederick County. And if I don't hear from anybody today because everybody may be in bed still, I'm going to give those numbers out at the end. All right, another hot topic is I had a buyer ask me this week, what is the least amount of money that I need to buy a home? This comes up. Most people get so much information that's out there about how much money. And the initial thing people are thinking is how much do I have to put down? 
That depends on your loan type. So let's go over them real quick. 100% financing where there's no down payment is VA loans and it's USDA rural housing loans. Okay. Now, there's some hybrid loans that have come up with FHA and some other things some lenders have brought to our attention that are now bridging the gap. It's like having a first and then a second. It's a silent second. And it makes it, it makes the whole entire loan to now be configured to be 100% financing to where there's no money down and out of pocket. Okay, that's that's the only conditions that outside of that, a regular straight up um, FHA loan, you have to put down three and a half percent of your own money in the game. Okay, now some of that can be uh, through a grant money and things like that. But three and a half percent is an FHA loan of the sale price, three and a half percent sale price. The other one would be um, a conventional loan. Conventional loans actually start at 3%, not 20 People always think a conventional loans is 20% because that's when the mortgage insurance goes away, okay? But you do have some mortgage insurance. You could put 3% down conventional, 5%, 10 and then, yes, 20 more insurance goes away. By the way, mortgage insurance coming up soon is going to be reduced for both FHA and VA loans, I believe, from 0.85% to 0.55%, which is really, really good. So – that's what's um that's what that's how the loans and those things work as far as how much down. The the part that I'm talking about buyers with is what's the least amount of money I need to put down to buy a home is number one, you have to have good faith earnest money deposit. Now I just did one recently, I wrote an offer. Um, $500, normally 1% of the purchase price is what sellers like to see, but there's no golden rule in hard, fast track law that dictates how much you have to do that. So, um, we have put down as little as $500 to be a good faith deposit that goes towards your purchase. The other fees really, if you're doing hundred percent financing, which in this case I was able to do, all you have to do is at that point, pick and decide how much you want to put down towards, do you have to do a home inspection if you're going to do termite, well, and septic, or chimney, and all these inspections, these costs basically run up about fifteen hundred to two thousand dollars, depending on what you do. And then, of course, your appraisal. And some some lenders do not charge a buyer upfront for an appraisal, which is about five hundred fifty to six hundred dollars now on an average. Some of them they get it later, or they just they waive it. They just pay for it through their um, their loan programs and things of that nature. So, so the amount of money I tell people is. If you don't have at least two or $3,000 cash to put down into buying a home, you probably need to save up a little bit more, and then you're in good shape. So, all right, Terry, I believe, is on the phone from an undisclosed location. Terry, what's happening, my friend? Are you there? I am. I am. Sorry I'm late. I got caught up. Okay. All right. That's okay. It happens. Life happens. But I was, but I was listening, and you were doing a great job. Ah, thanks so much. Mortgages and everything. That was great. Very impressed. All right, go ahead and tell us what's happening today. So I just want to touch base a little bit, and I know I'm out of town. Uh, we're actually celebrating uh, Mary Susan's birthday. we got the whole family. We're down in Annapolis, so uh, down for a great weekend. And um, and uh, so I just want to call in and, and talk a little bit about what's going on with the rates because I know that that's the topic of everybody's conversation. And, and basically since the jobs number came out on September, February 3rd, the unemployment rate dropped to 3.4%. And what we see is basically the rates have gone up steadily since then. So we started the month at about 6%, maybe a little under 6%, uh, almost seeing the fives. And then all of a sudden, boom, we've worked our way back up. And now we're back to over 7% as the average um, interest rate out there. 
So a lot of it is caused by basically the ten-year, the ten-year Treasury is going up, up and up. The other day it went over four percent, which is really where uh, they didn't want to see it go above four percent. Okay, so that kind of determines what pricing is looking like. So we've just seen a steady increase in rates, and everybody's asking, well, what's going to happen? And the bottom line, Darren, is nobody really knows, but I think it's got to stop. And the only thing that's going to stop it is basically we get numbers, we get data this month that shows that the inflation numbers that we got last month were an anomaly, okay? Because we had seen months of steady incremental decline in the inflation numbers. And then they were kind of blown out of the water last week. So what we're seeing coming up next week is the jobs report. That's going to be the number one um, thing that, that could help us or hurt us with interest rates. And then whatever we get from the jobs report there, we're going to follow it up the next week on Tuesday and Wednesday, first with the consumer price index, CPI, and then the producer price index, the PPI. Those three things that we're going to see in the next two weeks is going to determine which way rates are going to go, whether we're going to stay above 7% and start heading towards 8 or if we're going to come down and go under 7%. So keep an eye on that, and we'll talk more about the uh, jobs market next weekend. Um, but that's kind of what we're taking a look at. It has not been a good week for rates, and we've also hasn't been a good rate, good week for your stocks. Uh, so any retirement, anything like that, once again, is taking a hit again. So uh, hopefully, and this is awful to say, but hopefully more people are unemployed next month to stabilize the rates. And that's kind of like the worst thing that you could, you know, hope for is that more people are unemployed so the interest rates stop going up. But that's kind of what, that's the only thing that's going to make it better. Wow. Okay. Interesting news and snooze. Thanks so much, Terry, for um giving us a report, a little update on what's kind of going on here. And tell the wife, happy 21st birthday, and have fun down there in Annapolis with Absolutely. your whole family and everybody. All right. Thank you, my friend. All right. Take care now. All righty. There you go. Latest and greatest on that from Terry and all that. So also, I know he didn't you know, have time to share, but we do. He also has the $12,500 grant money. For buyers right now through Presidential Bank Mortgage, they can help with all that and then some. And so that's been really, really good for all of our um, buyers and everything like that. So, all right, gift cards still up for grabs. How much inventory? How many homes for sale total right now in Frederick County? Take a stab at it. Get you a $100 gift card here. Whoever calls in, 301-694-9363. So, all right, another big, massive, hot topic. Holy cow, this is something that we didn't have to deal with years ago, but now... Um, it just seems like it's just coming up like crazy when buyers are buying um, the the VBROs and the Airbnbs. How many guys out there have ever stayed in an Airbnb? I know I have many times whenever I travel doing real estate conferences and things. Instead of spending three, four, five hundred dollars sometimes a night in um, in a hotel room, um, if I'm by myself, man, I'll, I'll love it. I meet new families and get to pet their cat and dog and eat all their food and have fun in their neat little Airbnb. So I've probably stayed in at least four or five of them, and they're pretty cool. But check this out. Did you know that not every single area allows Airbnbs? It's, kinda, it's like it f- first came out years ago, and nobody was paying attention to it. And then all of a sudden, I think all the hotels and everybody kind of like Uber and taxi cab fight 
all of a sudden they're like, hey, wait a minute. They got like what? Like, why is that happening? What We're losing business. Why are they allowed to stay in somebody else's house? Who's doing this? So it can definitely be like that. The other fun thing is outdoorsy. By the way, you can go on outdoorsy on the app and you can rent somebody else's camper and equipment and all that stuff for hiking and camping and everything else. And there's one called Boat Setters, which is for people that don't have a boat that want to borrow somebody else's boat that they can captain themselves or have somebody captain for them. So all that stuff's out there. But let's talk about Airbnbs. The big thing is this is a lot of things are short-term rentals that have um, have become a major threat to the hotel and other industries and things like that. Recent years in the past, it's become major issues, especially if you're in an area, not only a city that now has new ordinances, but also now more than ever is, is HOAs. Anybody that lives that's considering if you live or you're looking to buy in an HOA, one other big layer now that's come up is all this idea about Airbnbs. And the problem is this. People that have had their place, they've now made a basement finished, and now they put a bathroom and a little kitchenette and all that stuff, and it's got its own access. And now all of a sudden they allow people, they're doing Airbnbs. If you live in a community, you have found out potentially that now you can't do it. They've put rules and restrictions on. They don't want extra people in the community coming and going and having big parties and all this crazy stuff happening, which is pretty rare anyways. But nevertheless, there's that threat of like, hey, we've got people now coming in more and more. And HOAs are cracking down and saying, hey, you can't do these now. I don't care if you could do them before. Or now people are buying and they and now they were counting on that income to pay their mortgage or what have you because they aren't living there. They've moved away. A lot of these places are only allowing one year like long-term rental properties and things like that. So this is something that you really need to absolutely pay attention to to make sure that you don't get stuck with a property thinking that you can do what you want with an Airbnb. But now you find out that you can't do it at all. All so major problem, major problem. All right, so since nobody had the courage today to catch up and get a hundred dollar gift card from Terry and I, I'm going to go over the numbers here for you real quick. So here it is. I'm not going to tell you the total actives because it's going to be for next week too, but I'll give you a little hint. There's 149 resales and 140 new construction. Resales 52 average days on market with a median price of $495,000. That has come up a little bit. 112 single family homes for sale this morning. 10 condos in 26 townhouses in the entire county. So that is actually lower than last week. New construction. There's 73 single-family homes for sale. The cheapest single-family home for sale right now in the entire county is up in Thurmont for $365,000. That is a steal because the average median brand-new single-family home in Frederick County right now is $724,000. Let that take your breath away. The highest is $1.1 million. Coming oh the average this uh, townhouse the cheapest is three hundred seventy nine thousand over in West Park Villages of Frederick the average townhouse brand new right now is four hundred and sixty coming soon thirty nine pending under contract four fifty nine sold in the last thirty days is two seventy four with an average time of thirty three days in the market. And right now, the sold-to-list price ratio is 98.9. It's come up just a little bit since last week, only because we've hit the spring market and people are willing to pay a little bit more money than they did a month ago because there's no inventory out there. Hey, guys, take care. Thanks for tuning in to your Frederick Real Estate Update. We will see you each and every Saturday. Happy buying and selling. We are here for you. Take care now. Have a great weekend.